Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome author Suzanne Marriott to our broadcast today. She's written a powerful new book about her own journey of not only being a caregiver but also learning lessons from life. The book is called Watching for Dragonflies, A Caregiver's Transformative Journey. When talk to Suzanne and not only about the writing of the book, the chronicling of her journey, but also what it's been like for her to reflect on life for herself, life with her love, Michael, and also I think the lessons that all of us can learn about life and the preciousness of it. If you all are just now finding out about Suzanne's book, of course we'll let you all know how to get your own copy of it. Suzanne, really appreciate you stopping by today. Thanks for the time. Well, thank you for having me. So then I, I was just saying to you before we went on here, when I was first hearing about your your book, I was excited about the opportunity to read it, mainly because I also have my own journey as a caregiver that I experienced. And I know I learned so much about life and, and really taking in those important moments. We're going to talk more about that in the book. But what has it been like for you, Suzanne, to not only to share your life with Michael, but also to share the lessons you were able to learn along the way? Well, it was such a transformative journey for me, as well as for my husband. <clears throat> and I learned to do things I never thought I could do. Um, for example, when he was very ill towards the end, I was doing things that probably an RN could would be the one doing, but I was caring for him at home for a long time, such as, uh, you know, uh, changing catheters and doing IV medications and so forth. So um, it, it was an inspirational time as well as, as a, a, a very difficult time in many ways. And you, you also, what I love about, about your book, uh, Suzanne, you don't try to make yourself out to be superwoman. You actually talked about the importance of realizing that it's okay to have support. You wrote in the book, as practical and emotional challenges increase, I became aware I could use some outside help. I don't have the resources within myself to meet all the challenges MS is throwing my way. I begin going to a psychologist for weekly visits. My therapist's approach is based on the psychology uh, developed by Carl Jung. And, and what I think is so interesting about this, uh, Suzanne, and I'm so glad you mentioned this, is we're now celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month this month. I think it's so important for us to realize when it's okay to know that we have to take care of ourselves. Was that an easy thing, though, for you to admit that you that you were someone, even though you were the support of someone else, that you were someone who also needed support? Well, it, it wasn't so difficult um, in the beginning because I had been off and on in, in union-oriented therapy, and I knew how important that could be and what a wonderful resource it was. But as things went on and things got more difficult, I found that I was um, gaining more and more from the support of a therapist. And uh, she helped me to um, unravel my dreams and find different um, images that, that, that gave me um, new powers, new abilities. 
So um, it was it was a wonderful experience in in that sense, and that I grew in many ways. And I also at some point realized that <clears throat> I couldn't do everything alone. So uh, when Michael was very ill and in a wheelchair and having to difficulty with transferring, um, I hired a wonderful woman who uh, would come in in the mornings and uh, and and get him ready for the day. And I was still working, so uh, this was wonderful. It, it helped me not be so um, stressed out about what might happen when I wasn't home. Right. Yeah, and I think, again, that is another great part of this book. Did you know in the beginning when you started writing this for us, I know it, it kind of began with journals, uh, Suzanne, but did you know when you decided to release it to the world that there would be so many people who would read your words and see a bit of their own lives in it? Well, I certainly didn't know in the beginning, but my hope is <clears throat> that um, – other people will find meaning in in my journey because although it was very meaningful me meaningful for me what i want to do now is put it out in the world uh, and hope that other people find meaning and also inspiration that um if if i can do it so can they and i <clears throat> i also learned so much from my mistakes it's inevitable to make mistakes and uh, so I want to assure people that um, that's okay. You know, we're human. We'll make mistakes. But I think the most important thing is to learn from them. And uh, and I certainly did learn from the times that I did make mistakes. Did you know, Suzanne, uh, there's a, a great song that, that Whitney Houston recorded on her last album uh, called I Didn't Know My Own Strength. And I thought about one part of the book where Michael says to you in talking about your own challenges, and we're going to talk a bit about that, that he didn't, didn't know if he could do what you had done. Did you know how strong you were? Uh, no. No, I really didn't. And and this journey of mine and his took 10 years. So over that time, I, I, I learned um, – new strength. I, I access new abilities and strengths. And I did have my own my own, own medical crisis um, right. when I was diagnosed with cancer. And um, I found new strength there in that I had uh, just um, the ability to uh, reach out to other sources other than allopathic medicine and uh, really devote myself to my own care. And realizing that uh, aside from being a caregiver, which gave my life meaning, my meaning, my life was intrinsically meaningful. You know, I had I had a right to live for myself too. Yeah. So uh, that that was a learning experience. Love that. Such a great thing, and I think it's, it definitely comes through. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, is on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome Suzanne Marriott to our broadcast today. She's written a powerful new book about her own journey. It's called Watching for Dragonflies, A Caregiver's Transformative Journey. I, I thought about, as I mentioned to you, uh, Suzanne, that I was the caregiver for 
my grandmother for for nine years and was with her up until the day she died. And what I thought was so interesting about that time was we had our own relationship. We lived together. Um, I, I cooked her meals, took her to dialysis three times a week, all her doctor's appointments. We went to the grocery shopping together, and and we just had this routine, right? And the hardest thing for me afterwards, that first day afterwards, was thinking about what do I do now? You know, what is life like? You kind of chronicle that as well. And I think the reason why I'm bringing that up, Suzanne, is because I think it's so important. I did not do a very good job. Um, at the time, I realized of processing grief and allowing myself to grieve. I just kind of threw myself back into work and, you know, and tried to have a have life as I thought I should. What was that like for you? How did it help you to acknowledge the grief and the hurt that you were feeling? Well, Actually, I just plunged into such deep grief. Um, There's no denial there. I mean, I was just swept up in it. And everybody grieves in in a different way. I think it's a very personal process. So for me, it was um, just overwhelming. And yet I had instances, several, where I felt very connected to Michael and uh, this occurred through dreams and synchronicities where um, I felt our connection and and that helped me a great deal and also continuing with my therapeutic uh, process so um, um, I think the sense of continuing connection was mm-hmm. probably the most important thing for me to 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 have a different relationship with Michael uh, could no longer be physical, but I still, I, I, my purpose was to uh, to have a spiritual connection, which wasn't always easy, of course, but yeah. um, I, I, I continued on that path. And it's the little things. I remember uh, I told my, my, uh, my mother, who was my grandmother's daughter, uh, one of her favorite things for me to cook was was cornbread. She had taught me how to cook cornbread. And I remember the first time mm-hmm. my mother asked me to cook cornbread, and I started crying in the kitchen. <laughs> and I was crying, and <laughs> yeah. I started laughing because I thought how how weird and strange it was. It's something that I enjoyed caused me, but it was the memories, right? And you, you kind of talk about those memories for yourself in the book, Suzanne, of, of doing things and things you remember, you know, feeding Michael applesauce and, you know, and seeing someone. I remember going through those same feelings as well. But I want to read what you wrote, and I think this, this does give, I think, a connection for our audience. You say this, the pain of loss never really disappears, nor do I expect it to, but it does lessen in intensity and frequency. And you talked about that about life, because the thing, my grandmother, I did have the privilege uh, the day before my grandmother died, she had a heart-to-heart with me, and she told me that this was it. And she said, you know, you have given me your life, but it's time for you to take your life back. And I I did not like that at the time. I didn't think I had given up anything at the time. But I felt like that was that permission that she gave me helped for sure. What do you want our, our audience and readers of the book, Suzanne, to know about about it's okay. It's okay to want to live after a loss. Well, I think your grandmother sounds like a wonderful person. And I think um, 
what I'm taking away from that is, and what I hope my readers will also realize, is that we, although when we're a caregiver, we're so connected to that role, um, there's a time of divestiture. There's a time when we need to realize that that part is over, and yeah. now we need to care more for ourselves. Hmm. And uh, I think that's a that's a poignant lesson to learn, because our focus is now no longer on our loved one, but needs to be, I feel, um, on ourselves and a way forward. How how do how do you move forward? after uh, this long and enduring uh, journey. Um, right. So it's an, it's an ending and it's also a beginning. Yeah, it is definitely so. And I, and I tell you again, I've never met you, Suzanne, but I did feel such a connection with you in reading this because I know it, it was not easy, I know, to live it. I definitely know it probably was not easy to have to relive it. Um, and being able to write a book like this. But I did you feel it, though, this was also part of the healing for you as well and a way of being able to remember Michael as well? Yes, both a healing and a, and a way to remember my husband. Uh, it was a healing in that it gave me distance, uh, not when I was writing the journal entries, but when I was actually writing the memoir, and I could refer to the journal entries um, as I was doing that, but in writing the memoir, it put me more in the witness role so that I had a distance, uh, some distance, and I could see um, more of, of my own journey in, the, in, in what happened. I could see um, how I grew and how I, how I changed, and also how our relationship uh, became more intimate as the trust between us built. Um, so that's part of it anyway. Yeah. I want to talk briefly, if you don't mind, about the title, Watching for Dragonflies. And I was I was curious as to how the dragonflies were going to show up in the book. And when you got to that talking about Michael and the dragonflies, I thought about to just remembering, taking that, that, that time just to appreciate what is, right, and to, and to think about the symbolism sometimes there. What is it like for you now to think about dragonflies and, and what they do remind us of about life? Well, I, I, dragonflies were a powerful symbol for my husband, and I've, I've taken them on as my own. Um, he had this wonderful experience when he was still walking with uh, just using two hiking poles for, for balance, and we were um, in the Eeld River. We were in that a campground near there, and he found when he was in the cool waters, uh, his legs could move. He could actually walk without his hiking poles, and he went all the way across the river. It wasn't very wide at that point, of course, and it was shallow. Um, and he just stood there watching these dragonflies flitting among the reeds, and uh, they became um, a powerful symbol for him because he'd, he'd, he'd done this wonderful feat of walking on his own, and, and these dragonflies were his reward. So they just became a symbol of strength and renewal for him. And um, I took, after he died, I, I also took on the dragonflies. And for me, they began to, uh, to mean uh, also that his, his spirit was now in flight and uh, free like the dragonflies were. So um, for me, dragonflies 
they remind me of Michael, but they're also a very powerful symbol of renewal. Yeah. Such a great thing to be able to connect with and such a great a great conversation with you, Suzanne. I'm so glad to have a chance to speak with you. Again, everyone, Suzanne Marriott has been our guest. Watching for Dragonflies is the book, A Caregiver's Transformative Journey. It's available through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. It's published by one of my favorite publishers, She Writes Press, so definitely make sure you also visit their website at SheWritesPress.com. Suzanne, how can our audience stay connected with you? Um, well, I have a uh, Suzanne Marriott author.com, and there's also a link there to my Facebook page. And uh, so those are two ways, uh, the best ways probably to connect with me, and um, also um, through my uh, Google email, um, um, Suzanne. Um, I'm sorry, it's Barry at gv at um, google.com. Okay. But the best way is through my website. Okay. Uh, Suzanne, I really do appreciate you. Thank you again for sharing your story with us and for writing this book and looking forward to speaking with you again. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's, it's, it's our pleasure. Thank you. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thank as always. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.